Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. episode we got your uh, your tom petty impression now i want to hear your liana lewis impression i can't i don't think my vocals go that way that's <laughs> all i that's all i keep thinking yeah. about man just keep bleeding keep keep bleeding for your points I, I don't know if it's necessarily bleeding as much as gushing at this point like bleeding would imply that we can stop it right now we can't even we can't even, you know, suture the wound, so. Yeah, it's tough. It's kind of, yeah, it, it's not great. <laughs> or like three years ago, I lost a bunch of, like, of uh, commission at my, my real job, and someone was like, hey, man, how's your day going? I was just like, I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding. <laughs> so anytime it gets bad, I just, Leon Lewis pops in my head. It makes me instantly feel better, but, uh Oh, welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am your <clears throat> ever-talented vocalist, Jay Kington, alongside Mr. Freshly Shaved Than Harrington. Looks like a cross between a scary Viking and a swaggy fat Joe. I'm not so thin diesel over here. I'm partaking in <laughs> I'm t- partaking in the fast and the McFlurious <laughs> over here. I'm talking about uh I'm talking about family, but I mean family style dinners. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that was, did you just make that up? That was great. I did. I that did. Was I great. did. That was um, great. How you doing, yeah, buddy? No, I'm I'm good, man. I mean, as good as I can be. You know, apologize to the listeners. I did have a family issue last week that prevented us from recording, so we uh, we're getting back to it now. But you know, just uh, enjoying the heartache, enjoying the pain, enjoying. Uh, hey, man. You know, it. it I, I thought. As the FA Cup was going on, I saw Lindelof go up to take that kick. I'm like, oh, my God, all my teams are going to lose this weekend. <laughs> Everybody's going to lose. Riley lost twice. Inter-Miami lost. Lindelof steps up. I'm like, you better hit this penalty, I swear to God. And didn't he so. kiss the ball before March shot it, too? No. Uh, uh, that's uh, Wout kissed the ball oh, okay. and said something to the, the striker, and then he shot it up above the yeah. – crossbar looking like Jean Mota out there trying out for the Dolphins so well at least one of us yeah. happy with uh with our EPL teams but um hey man look you know life happens and family is more important than uh than anything else uh, I truly believe that so um you know I'd say in terms of uh a week to do it um you know it or a stretch of the season hey man the I don't think the listeners suffered because it was just going to be yet another episode of us Discussing. I mean, you guessed it. Another loss. They got to hear my my negativity on the Houston pod. So I mean, there was that. There's that. <laughs> I was able to get out there for that. But 
Yeah, man, this is uh, one of those ones where it hurts more because we should have we should have won this one with all the chances we had, with the build up play that we had, and then we fumbled and bumbled and mismanaged and lost the plot and yeah, yeah. I feel like that are. describes a lot of the games, you know, but I, I also don't like the, oh, we played better. We should have won. Like, no, we we didn't. We, we This is how it was supposed to be. We cannot finish. We cannot finish for the life of us. It is utterly frustrating, stressful to watch, especially in a game where if you want to, like, talk stat-wise, you know, 20 shots on goal. Uh, or, sorry, 20 shots, rather five of those shots on goal i mean another like decent outing from from drake um but damn man 20 shots we couldn't get one to go in they're like oh you know they're so unlucky they hit the post three times i don't like that saying like you're not unlucky you didn't you you hit the post <laughs> you know it's, that's not unlucky that's just you weren't accurate you know i don't want to i'm not in the let's feel bad for ourselves or make excuses man we're just playing like crap that that's that's all it is this team seems very disjointed um and it's nothing new it's just another week of seeing the same stuff and you know we're gonna get into the the mls game coming up this weekend uh the one that's closer the open cup game which is uh tomorrow actually by the time this drops it, it will be tonight um so see you guys out there uh that's gonna be sketchy uh but like man it's um it's just getting tough it's just getting tough and like yeah there are positives to take away but, like, it's hard to even say with any level of confidence, like, oh, we're going to play well against this team. I mean, I guess if you, you know, want to play classic Chelsea ball, right, or not really classic, but more recent where you just – it's all trying to be possession-based, but no no finishing. I mean, that's kind of – feel where we are. Possession didn't win the battle on this one, but, damn, man, like, come on. This is getting painful. Six in a row? Yeah. it's uh, It's not great, man. I mean, it's one of those things where – We've we've seen our fair share of losing streaks, uh, and and this one uh, honestly hurts the most because it felt like we were going to come out of the gate, which we did against mm -hmm. Montreal, which doesn't mm -hmm. look too great now, against Philly, which depending on Philly's day, they're still Philly. I mean, that that looks okay, um, but now we're in the midst of a mind boggling roster rebuild during a six game losing stretch at the beginning of a season with no real chance of getting a solid reinforcement in anytime soon. Um, no, no shade to Kamal Miller, uh, former three, one, five Syracuse orange guy. My, well, probably one of my new favorite players, which means he'll probably get sent off here in the next couple of weeks to some <laughs> other, some other team. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Dixon Arroyo joining us from Emelec. Uh, played pretty well. Uh, one thing that was a giant red flag to me, it was said during the, uh, during the match by the commentators said Dixon Arroyo is not one of those players that likes to go into tackles and win the ball. And I said, great. <laughs> this is exactly not the person we needed. And he played pretty well. I'll give him that. Yeah. But, I, uh, I want to buy into that because I also got to know in that game because, they said something like, oh, that, you know, and that's what Dixon Arroyo is known for. I'm like, bro, you've never watched the Ecuadorian League. Like, stop. He just got here. Stop trying to act like you're some super smart analyst and you know this dude's style of player, what he's known for. Like, no, you're clearly just making stuff up to sound intelligent. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on there, on that. Well, I mean, he's probably scouted by another podcast, but that is what that is. Anyways, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here concerned because, I mean, even today, and we'll get into it later, but now we're starting to ship off some of the, the youth pieces that we thought were going to be possible cornerstones going forward. So the major red flag to me is, are we giving up on the youth movement and are we trying to get to a win now uh, possibility? Like, like, are we getting to a win now, must win now mindset? We can't be at the must win now mindset. We have to focus on building that foundation. I know fans are tired of it. I know Miami fans are fickle across all sports, but they have to understand that if you want a team like an LAFC, like a Philly, like a Seattle, it's going to take time. It's not an immediate overnight success. And constant rebuilds are going to be the death of us. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. And I think the plan is only the plan until you lose six straight. Or God forbid we lose more, you know, obviously this whole club star. Let's get some, you know, old Europeans, try and make this as flashy as we can. That didn't really work out for us. Uh, then we went, oh, let's go with this youth movement. We've been pushing that, but now we're six, you know, six losses in. You see Bryce Duke get sent off, um, you know, last year. I wouldn't really call him like necessarily the youth, but get Kamal Miller and $1.3 million. So that deal is just insane. Like how you can't really say no to that. I understand that one. Find out today that uh, Ame Mabika is being sent to Toronto for, I think, a minimum 100K, potentially 200K based on, um, you know, some some parameters. And if he can hit those symmetrics, player incentive stuff, whatever, however you want to word it. If he plays well, we can get 200 I guess. And they felt like that was a good deal. I saw, um, I was like, Ian has asked Phil that today. And he was just like, yeah, you know, it was my plan. Ame was with the first guy that Phil like had a, a say in, in terms of, of signing. And yeah, now we're starting to see, I mean, after going through an absolute monster of a, of a roster rebuild, what was that last season? Still probably more moves than we were anticipating making in the offseason. And, hey, we're still holding out for, you know, Messi well, and Busquets or and whoever our number 10 is. But, like, yeah, I mean, when you want to get a team cohesive, it's tough if the pieces are always going to rotate. You know, how are they going to get comfortable with each other? Or You watch some of these teams play, and it's like they got eyes in the back of their head. They know where all of their where all of their, their players are on the, on the pitch. And they don't really even have to they, – they just make it look so, so effortless. And then – for us, it's like always such a struggle or we'll get up in the box and then completely miss the mark on a cross on the ground in the air. Like in this game, Negri gets that beautiful breakaway. I think you shared it as like the best, you know, run of play this week. And he's getting up there. And I'm like, yes, it's Negri. Like he's going to take a shot. He's, he's pretty like he's got a good foot. And then, no, he just passes it right into the defense. And I'm like, like I don't know, man. It's, it's inconsistency. Well, not even passing it right into the defense. Passes it into the defense, and then it hits off the post, and we can't even get lucky enough for the goalkeeper to put it in the back of the net. I'm like, what the? Like, I don't know. I was waiting for another Travella from from Negri. I was waiting for something absolutely nasty. I stood up off my couch. I was screaming, shoot, 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 and he, for once, did not do it at all. And it's one of those things that when are we, when are we going to get this right? When are we going to stop being in constant rebuild mode? When are we going to be able to put all the pieces together and confidently say that we are able to contend in the East? I hate to say it, but fans, we are not even able to contend in our own state right now. There is a realistic possibility we lose tomorrow. Yeah. There is a realistic possibility. Yeah. 
And let's be honest too. I am fully prepped for when I come down to or to see Orlando walk us off the field. Mm, and I hope not. I, I I know, but I could be eating my words here in a couple of weeks. I know that, but I'm tired of being the rainbow, sunshine, happy, go lucky. Everything is fine. I think we've done that for long enough to where you and I both know everything's not fine. This is not okay. Uh, look at St. Louis. Hit the ground running. Boom. Good to go. Look at Bryce. Bryce goes off to Montreal, and he's already picking up assists left and right. You know, even Ari's playing well. Yep. Damien has already won a player of the match. Lewis is out hurt, but, I mean, he still does his thing when he's, you know, on the field. It's one of those things where you have to look at all the players that are going away, and you're like, wait a second. We are the problem. This, this, the way this organization is run right now is the problem. We are not putting ourselves in a position for success. We are putting all of our eggs in one basket to try and get messy and Busquets yeah. and whoever. And it's going to bite us in the ass. We've been saying this for weeks now. It was one of my biggest concerns. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we could go on and on about this. Yeah. I could probably talk about this for 45 minutes. No. But it's one of those things that we have to get this ship right. And if that means, and we're going to talk about it here in a minute, if that means we need to change up the coaching staff, we might have to look at changing up the coaching staff because eventually it's not the player's fault. Yeah, I'd say, and that, that topic has quite a bit of momentum right now, I'd say. But, you know, to your point of like, yeah, this one seems like it hurt so much worse, right? Because we did. We won our first two top of the East. Um you know, like in in stocks and crypto, they call it dead cat dead cat bounce, where you where it's been going down. Then it, you know, everything's been turning down for so long, just like this club has, man. It's been just disappointing for for so long, and then it peaks up, and you and then you start buying in, which everyone bought in. Like, damn, we're good this year. This is going to be it. All the pain was worth it. And then it just drops even further. It's dead cat bounce, and I feel like this team is definitely uh, a dead cat bounce right now, and um. Yeah, you know, there. I agree with you. There's a serious chance we lose to Miami FC tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go down there. I hope we don't get embarrassed. Uh, that possibility is real, and I would say everyone prepare yourself for that possibility. Um, mm -hmm. If you are in the camp of Neville out, then maybe that's a blessing in disguise. It is. And we've been as rational as we can be. Um, maybe happy-go-lucky, you know, as, as you said it. We've tried to be supportive. We've tried to not buy into the Neville Out movement. It's been around for a while. Um, it's been around for for a while. And now it's mm -hmm. you, you start to see people that would criticize it or hold out that are really starting to buy into it. And I'm even getting over here like I'm seeing Jason Christ on the bench, right? Like he's got solid experience. Uh, hell, Fetty, right? Pipa, Iguain even could probably do a better job than this. Neville is, he seems like a great a great players coach. Um, great, great culture builder. He, I feel like he can create a culture. I feel like he can do the right things to please the the front office and those above him. But I just don't think he is up to par from a purely tactical standpoint on a multitude of reasons. Um, formation substitutions and the timing of those substitutions, just philosophy. You're trying to build within your team these guys look like they've never played together it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and i'm not i don't want to be like overzealous like neville out absolutely but like i i, I totally understand it and i i see that side 
I know where they're coming from. I, I like, I really feel that. And I can't lie. If we lost tomorrow, that, that would suck. That would sting. But if, if they're announced that, you know, they're parting ways with Neville, um, I'm, I'm actually pretty open to that idea at this point because I don't know how much more of this we need to see, right? We always said, get us through the sanctions. But, I mean, hell, literally Jason Christ would be the next man up if you it, interim coach. You don't have to identify a coach right now, but how many losses do you want to see this season? How much more pain you want to put La Familia through? We've been through a lot. We've been through a, you know enough. And, man. It's one of those things for me where nostalgia was keeping me in, in the boat with, with Phil. Um, you know, watching him on TV, being a part of those great United squads, watching him at Everton, getting to meet him. Like, that was one of my favorite memories as an Inter-Miami fan was getting to meet him and just talk to him for a couple minutes. Because, again, it was one of those guys I saw on TV. They played with all, He played with all of my heroes. It was fantastic. But the nostalgia set that aside and just evaluate him based on what he's done. If he would have continued his upward trend by, okay, we got into the playoffs, cool. Now we continue on and move upwards. Not, I'm not asking for a win every week. Like, even if we learned how to draw a match every once in a while, you know, even if a couple of these were one ones, okay, I could live with that. All right. But he has proven, as you already said, that he is not capable of, of, creating the proper tactics or substituting at the proper time to get us across the finish line when we need it most. Just looking at the Houston match, they scored in the 72nd minute and then we started substitutions at the 81st. Yeah. That's what, what I'm talking the about. the hell is Robbie and Yosef and, you know, Borgelin and Harvey and Ruiz, what are they going to do in less than 10 minutes? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, Joe. Now, Yosef had that beautiful shot that he decided he was going to crank into the ground rather than <laughs> crank it into the back of the net. But I mean, you're going to. How can you limit a talented player like Robbie Taylor to nine minutes? Like, like he he is technically gifted enough where if you gave him more time to get into the flow of the game, he's going to be able to make some sort of play for you. I'm not saying it would be the end all be all game winner even though he's proven he can do that before, but you're holding on to this hope that Stefanelli was going to do more for you than Robbie in that moment when Stefanelli, like his wheels were kind of coming off a little bit towards the end of that game. So it's one of those things for me that I, I'm in agreement with you tomorrow. If we lose, or I guess today when the, the listeners hear this, if we lose, he's out, he has to be out. There is no way around it. And there is, there's a multitude of reasons why he should be out, but this will be the final nail in the coffin. And if you were watching Ian's uh, discussion with Phil today, he knows it. I'm not, I'm not a master in body language and the whole nine yards, but he's tired. You can tell it doesn't look like he slept. He, he looks completely gassed. I mean, hell, he doesn't even have his mind right. Ian asked him about all these moves and there, he goes, well, you know, it was something along the lines of, well, you Pizarro know, we got Pizarro came back. In, we weren't or, playing on that. Then Pizarro left. I mean, Pizuelo, yeah. 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 <clears throat> and I don't know. I don't know. And it's even more damning that Pizuelo didn't come back. Like this is proving more and more that we needed that pull the strings uh, midfielder. 
Yeah, uh, Pizarro's not that guy. I, th- I, know I think Alex they, they felt Stefanelli had... was going to be the guy, and that's not worked out at all. No, I get that. And I know Alex and I had different different views on that during, on Twitter after the game about, you know, Pozuelo should be back, and then she posted his stats at uh, wherever he's at in Turkey. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's Turkey. It's not the MLS. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a – I mean, I don't know. And he was already it's comfortable different. in the system. Like, he already had yeah. results in the system. But he leaves, and there's a glaring hole. They don't really do too much about it. They think Stefanelli oh. can, can, can be the guy. They look like they were just going to let Pizarro play – on the left side, finally make them happy. But then they realize, hey, Stefanelli hasn't really shown the the level that we were expecting. So now we have to force Pizarro back into that 10, which we all know, you know, is not his his preferred position. And then outside the Houston game, right? 20 shots. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, having <laughs> very few shots or having a ton of shots and you just can't score one goal. But you know, outside of that, the attack has been I don't know if if it feels like everything's been so conservative, find the extra pass, you know, pass back, keep possession, you know, don't really push too hard to get the ball forward. Don't try and break the lines, just turn back, pass back. Then that guy will pass back to Drake or we'll reset. Unfortunately, if Drake doesn't kick the ball out of bounds, distribution seems to be getting a little better. So we got to give our boy credit there, but it's just too conservative. Like have a go, have a chance. Um, again, this game might not be the best one because there were a lot of kicks going on, but it's just a, it's just a, it's a stressful style of footy to play. It really is. Yep. And there's never games where I'm not like, maybe I I, I I love the team too much and too dialed in. But, man, between like this and then having to watch Chelsea play just horrible, miserable football, like there, it's stressful games. It's so stressful and frustrating. I don't feel like at ease or anything, and it's painful, and it's embarrassing. And, oh, yeah, solid chance we lose tomorrow, dude. <laughs> for real solid chance we lose tomorrow. i think i think the only person that keeps us in it tomorrow is drake you know and you know shout out to him we did not get to talk about it because we had our little bit of a break there but drake made the u.s men's national team yeah. for that game against mexico and uh i'm just gonna put that out there he should have started over sean johnson because we all saw what sean did after he came back from the mexico game looked mm-hmm. terrible um but we're always going to put our boy up there above everybody else. So, yeah. How do we I not have a draw? Like, how is that? Not a single one. That That's what I'm saying. It's literally yeah. live or die. There's no, like, hard-fought battle both sides. But, damn, that's crazy. And so Miami FC, yeah. you know, since sixth in the, the USL in their, uh, the Eastern Conference. Uh, one win, four draws, two losses. Hell, I'll take that record over ours. They have more points than us. Well, you ready for this one? What's up? We have scored two goals in six weeks. <laughs> and those two were Those against Chicago? Chicago. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. nothing against NYCFC, nothing against Toronto, nothing against Cincinnati, nothing against Dallas, nothing against Houston. I was on the Columbus Crew podcast. Uh, what day is it? Sunday. And mm-hmm. I, I, I had a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you yeah, reaching out for that one. Uh, funny, funny dudes. Um, we had a great conversation and, you know, they were, you know, all right, let's get to the, the predictions. And I was like, dude, like one Oh loss, you guys win. And they're like, wow, you're like the first person to come on here and like, not just say, Oh, my team's going to win. I'm just like, dude, I don't know if you guys have watched us, but there is no reason for me to believe that we can win. I would love for us to win, but I just, at this point until I see it turn around, I, I, I don't have faith. And, 
Man, losing to a USL team, I think, will be a, a shocker. And um, we saw some rumors this week. Uh, it was like Tata Martinez, the, the other coach from from Chivas. Um, like, we're starting to see, like, sports outlets report about how much Phil Neville's in the hot seat, right? Usually it was just yep. the inner Miami <laughs> Facebook group or, uh, you know, social media on, on the on the Twitterverse. Um but now it's starting to get some legs. I agree. I think Phil is really starting to feel the pressure, which is tough because, you know, if you pressure can, what's that saying about Michael Jordan? Like pressure can, can break you. Pressure can make you a record breaker. Um, and I don't know how Phil's going to react to that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's getting very mentally exhausted. Columbus is a, uh, you know, it's a fairly talented team. Like I'm, I mean, hell, they got Zelly. I love, I love me some Zelly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're sitting at four wins, three losses, and, and, and uh, two draws. Um, so, oh, buddy, here we go. Well, you know me. You know me. I'm Nagelsman in. Let's bring Nagelsman in. <laughs> Nagelsman. Let's, let's bring him in, baby. <laughs> no, nah, that's that's a major pipe dream. But there are so many, not even good coaches, there are so many decent coaches out there that could probably, maybe, get us out of the situation we're in. It's one yeah. of those deals that we don't need an all-star coach, right? We just need no. a, a mid like, Graham Potter could probably come and elevate this team to, to new levels, bro. And I don't want to sit here and just crush Phil. Like I don't, but man, it just, it's just looking so poor that um, I don't know what else to do, man. I don't want, I don't want the, the the club or the front office to start to hate us for just being realistic. But you know, here we are, no signs of improvement, and um, <laughs> two tough games coming up, right? And um, what, Wednesday and then uh, then Saturday. Are we playing on Sunday finally? What is four twenty nine? I don't even know. We are playing on a Saturday. Okay, so. there you go. So, uh, not a ton of time to rest. Uh, two off days and then to Columbus. So tough stretch, Don Trotten team. Who knows, man? Who knows? I don't even want to give a prediction because it's going to be an embarrassing one on Miami FC. I mean, can we can we reach out and see if Roy Hodgson's available? Oh, <laughs> uh, is, mean, is it Pal? Didn't Pal's? Where are they talking about bringing him back? Uh, they. Are, I Roy think Hodgins is. I think he, he wants. You can never guy. get rid of that man. He cannot. You can never Roy get rid Hodgins of that man. He's, he's eternal. He is. Yeah. Two Let's things just, are eternal. <laughs> Roy and the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. And neither one, or anything you want to mess with. So. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I mean, hey, maybe we could get uh, Fat Frank. Maybe he'd come over and be our manager. Oh, super. Uh, he's Frankie. he's. He's getting uh, good at losing games, so it would be a you know Stephen nothing different Jay for us. I don't. Know. I mean, like honestly, dude, I think the most realistic option would be. And the thing is, people have discussed that like Phil maybe was just going to get us through the sanctions and then move to the front office. Maybe just expedite that move earlier if he has any interest in staying. Give Jason Kreis a shot. Um, I think Kreis could do a better job. Maybe give Fetty a shot too. Um, I don't know, man. Let's just try something different if, if it really gets that bad and we're on the verge of finding out, man. How you much know, uh, F around to, to how much find out? You know what we need to do? We need to pull uh, a Ted Lasso. And when the the owner of AFC Richmond goes up to Zava, I'm like, you know what? No, 
you're you're just too scared to come to us because you don't know if you can do the job. Well, we need to go do that to like Jose Mourinho or Pep Guardiola. And be like <laughs> you're just too scared to come to us. Bro, I would. And you don't know if you can do it. I would and see what the hell we can get out of this. I would take it down several notches, bro. I'd say we need to go find the best 13 year old in this country or in Europe, the best football manager, 13 year old, and just bring him in here. Like I literally think just cause you were a pro soccer player does not mean that you're going to be a good coach. But if there's this man who is like undefeated on, on, on football manager, he's probably pretty tactically sound. Just give him a shot. See what happens. Let's go get that dude from, was it Stade Riem in France, who does not have his coaching license, but because he was so good at football manager, he's coaching them, and he's actually beat PSG and all them. Like, let's just go get him at this point. I mean. I'm down with that. I'm not, or, you know. you know what we could do? What? We could do the uh, the fan-controlled experience for a season where the fans vote on what happens during the game. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> solid. It, it can't get any worse than that. That would be um, fun. All right, Columbus crew predictions. Let's just do it. I mean, we have to do it for sake. I already said 1-0. We lose. So, 1-0, Columbus crew wins. I'm going to go. I'm already on audio format stating that, so i got to stick with it. Going 2-0. Loss. Um, And that's going to be because we lose somebody uh, due to injury this game because we're playing on FIU's turf. Uh, and we are going to come in looking to try and prove something that we're not to try and save Phil's job, and we just go down the shitter quicker than quick, and Drake's left out to uh, suffer for it. So, yeah, 2-0 loss. Could be. Could be. Well, whatever. Let's move forward. Let's bring it in. Uh, updates on the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, New England overtook the number one spot, followed by Cincinnati at number two, Atlanta number three. NYCFC is in fourth, followed by Columbus Crew, Nashville, and Philadelphia rounding out the top seven. But just a friendly reminder, the playoff line is nine and above. So, D.C. United in eighth. Oh, Mickey Mouse FC sitting above the playoff line. In ninth, that leaves the bottom six teams scrapping. Listed as Chicago, Charlotte, Toronto, New York Red Bulls, Inter Miami, in CF Montreal, and I'm telling you, watch Montreal is going to start jumping over us, and Bryce Duke will do well. Anyway, let's move it to the West. We've got St. Louis at that number one spot, followed by Seattle, LAFC, Dallas, San Jose, Houston, Minnesota, Vancouver, and Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake. <laughs> That's a funny tweet today, too. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Um, the, the bottom five. In the West, scrapping it out. Portland, Austin, Colorado, LA Galaxy, and Kansas City. So, um, brings us to power rankings. <laughs> Just got to gotta scroll down here, buddy. Hold on. I didn't want to read this. I didn't yeah. care. I was like, well, whatever. Oh, I think I see smoke coming from your mouth. The fa- like, that's how fast so you're So, of down. the 29 teams, we are in 28th. That's great. So, second Sick. to last. Um... And again, they mentioned Gregory's injury. Fun. I think Dixon is going to be a pretty class player for us. I, I saw a lot of good things from him. And um, I actually look forward to potentially, you know, maybe very end of the season or next season with uh, two really stud CDMs in Gregory and uh, and Dixon Arroyo playing together. So 
that'll be good. Um, let's get into some news and update for you, which you're going to love. If you didn't already, I'm sorry to steal your thunder, but Ian Frey is back in practice, baby. That might have played some sort of rationale in accepting that Mabika trade to Toronto. You know the boys got the shifty feet for a defender. And uh, I know you're happy. I'm quite happy as well. Yeah, I mean, he showed a lot of promise, and we were definitely both heartbroken when he went down with an injury. Maybe it's for the <laughs> better, looking back on it now, because maybe he'd be the one that we're shipping off. Ooh. Um you know, it's one of those things that, I don't know. God I mean, works in mysterious ways. Yeah, and I'm happy, and I hope he gets into that inner Miami 2 side. But at the same time, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Mabika started for inner Miami 2. We'll get into this in a few minutes against Huntsville City. So you have to think that Frey's going to get some sort of burn uh, here very soon for them so good on him glad he's back hopefully we can see the uh, same caliber of uh player that we saw before he got injured excellent so do you want to update on that uh inner miami 2 game yeah absolutely so inner miami 2 has a better record than us look out we have two wins three losses and zero draws for a total of six points they won a Heart-stopping 4-3 win over Huntsville City FC. Jay, if you don't know Jay, Huntsville is one of his favorite cities. Absolutely loves it. Thinks it's amazing. Only, only slightly beat out Montgomery for me. Ooh, watch out. Um, we went down 2-0 pretty early within 33 minutes. And then uh, D'Agostini and La Cava scored back-to-back uh, 38th and 40th minute. Um Shout out, Noah Allen got himself an assist for that Lacava goal. Uh, then we had Cesar Abdia Reda scored in the 64th minute on an assist from Kobe Thomas. And then Darian Reyes took the game into his own hands and put it in the back of that, the 75th minute for the lead at 4-2. to two. And Huntsville was able to pull one back in the dying breath by Kemi Amici, 90th minute plus four. And that's when the game ended, my man. Uh, second win for Federico down in enter miami too uh some of the some of the youth is really starting to pop up i know we've talked about obviously noah before benja was in the side jake lacava good to see Sessak. good to see jake score yes he, he's got uh, he's the, the the bryce the next bryce duke right the the uh what was it rebels are really upset to let him go and he's got a lot of potential so we need to start seeing some of that absolutely and you know uh Sessak, who we picked up uh, during the offseason, he was in there. Cole Jensen got the nodding goal. Hmm. So it looks like they're really uh, moving towards this youth movement, trying to get some of these guys up to up to par because we do have some ridiculous talent below. We just need to get them more game minutes. So uh, good on them. Uh, they, I believe they're up against Columbus this weekend as well. So it should be another good test for them to see what they can do and see if they can build off of it. Very good. Very good. All right. I think that basically wraps us up for any relevant inner Miami news we want to discuss. Let's, you got one more? Go ahead. Did I miss something? So, yeah. So we actually had Cesar Abdia Rida 
Sorry if I'm butchering that, my man, but he was the MLS Next Pro rising star of the match day for his performance as he came on against Huntsville. Uh, definitely is a name you're going to want to watch out for. I know there's quite a few of them, but they just keep popping up. I know uh, Trav is high on Diagostini as well, so he said he's a fantastic striker. Uh, we should be seeing him hopefully up with us here in the next few months, I would assume, if we keep tanking. So, okay. But, yeah, that, that's the last Speaking of great strikers, let's go ahead and give a, an update for uh, for our boy Tati Castellanos for Girona. I don't even know if I'm so, pronouncing that right in La Liga. I was sleeping, and all of a sudden my phone started going, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the hell?" And I see Tati scores against Real Madrid. I'm like, "All right, cool." I roll back over. I'm like, "What the hell?" My phone went off again. Tati scored again against Real Madrid. I was like, "Okay, all right." I see you. So I turned the game back on. I'll tell you what, he could do no wrong. He was moving. He he looked like the true poacher that you want your kids to model their game after if you choose, you know, if you want them to be a poacher striker. He had the Real Madrid uh attack and defense all confused what they were doing the attack tried to get out but then he was sprinting the other way with the balls so the defense had to collapse and then the attack collapsed for real madrid he bangs home his hat trick what is, what is going on everybody's celebrating and then you think the game's over he says nah throws up the middle finger to everybody and scores a fourth first mls player or his first player actually ever of the decade score, of the, uh, uh, was it the century or is it ever 1947, I do believe, I should take back what I said, was the last time it was the one player. And, you know, they've played against Messi. They've played against Ronaldo. They've played against, you know, a bunch of the greats in this game. And he absolutely cemented his name in La Liga folklore today. It was absurd. Good on you. Uh, I still don't like that he's a part of Citigroup, but it is what it is. You, you know, Real has to recognize real with that and he he, he he balled out i saw he was the first player in history to ever score four goals against real madrid and real salt lake <laughs> i like that tweet that's deep that's real, deep stuff does, does that mean real recognizes real real recognizes real here's it's all fun and games until real's like yep he's he's ours now and mm -hmm. and now he's a big big world superstar in real madrid or one of I the other teams, one like of, the first striker. One of my favorite photos of that match, I think he was like going away celebrating, and either Rodrigo or Vinicius Jr. was Vinny. in his face pointing, yeah, yeah, pointing his finger at him, and he's just doing the whole salute that he does all the time. Yeah, it was, I'm glad we don't see him anymore. <laughs> That's all I could say. I'm just yeah. glad we don't see him anymore. Good on him. It's good to see. It's good for the league when – players coming out of the league can can make a, a serious impact in in Europe. So, yeah, good on you. Uh keep it up, buddy boy. And uh we'll see what big name club buys you cuz I'm sure everyone's probably on alert right now cuz that's nearly impossible. Yeah, you said Ronaldo. I was like, "Wait, what? The Real plays against Ronaldo?" No, but you mean like back in the day when he was on Man City. Yeah, they seen some fearsome strikers, bro. Whoa. Whoa, I cannot I usually let you Oh, get sorry, by sorry. That was mistakes. sorry. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That is so rude of me. I did not mean to do that. I did not mean to do that against United. F-City. F-City group. F-City group. Sorry. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. I know. That's rude. That was uncalled for. I feel really bad right now. My Apple Watch is telling me I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, I know. It's asking me if I'm okay. Getting I don't some know. palpitations. Oh, Jeez. man. But All yeah. right. Um, yeah. 
think that uh I think that wraps it up for us, buddy boy. Let's um let's see how I'm gonna say tonight goes because by the time you're listening to this, probably driving to FIU Stadium or maybe listening to this uh, at your desk or wherever you are uh, in the world, do whatever you do. We do appreciate the support. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you guys hanging there with us even if the club won't give you a win you can come here and get some sort of enjoyment out of it so as always if you don't follow us check us out on instagram at inter miami podcast or on twitter at inter mia podcast the other three shows are in full swing so be sure to check out away days imcf traveler chats and freedom to scream you got anything to say buddy i feel like i could scream a lot more but you're cutting me off so no i don't have anything else As we end every episode, shorter ones when we lose. (laughs) Vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami.